Well, I asked, where's the beef? Let's call this for what this is. Oh my God. <laughs> they are so hopelessly woke. How dare you? <laughs> that is the intellectual capital of the left today. Give me a break. You are now watching the Daily Roundup. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Monday, April 10th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Folks, do you know that today is National Encourage a Young Writer Day? And my co-host, she's always encouraging young writers by offering them the quiz, what rhyming couplet matches Hickory Dickory Dock. Oh, she is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Hey there, Sheila. I hope you and your family had a blessed Easter. I did have a very great Easter. I think you had a very productive Easter weekend too, David. And it's also National Hug Your Dog Day. So I hope you hugged that wonderful dog of yours that you take everywhere with you. That wonderful dog just chewed up my iPod, which you can't <laughs> no. buy anymore. Apple, like, you know. Good, think... that dog's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, for some reason, Apple is not making the iPod anymore. That's where I store all my music. And uh, I think, you know, I'm the grim reaper of consumer products, Sheila. For example, every time I buy a car, and that would be Camaro, Honda CRX, Honda Prelude, um, Ford Sport Track Adrenaline, the manufacturer within two years cancels <laughs> the, the vehicle. And and now um, when I find out how to finally work an iPod, um, Apple says we're getting away from iPods. But before they did that, Sheila, last year I bought three iPods. They're brand new in their box. It's going to be a collectible, I'm telling you. David, you have an iPhone. I know you have an iPhone. Yeah, so all your music is there. Do you not... Like, are your kids mad at you? Are they not, Why aren't they showing you how to use your electronics? I know you have two boys. They can help you. Oh. Why aren't they? So that's why they canceled the iPod. <laughs> yeah, it's on your phone. You get, oh no, I'm old school. I I keep my oh, phone yeah. in and my dancing separate. <laughs> I should tell everybody what we're doing. We have a very busy day. I hope everybody had a wonderful Easter weekend. Um, some of you are still off today, so if you're enjoying an extra day off, um, well, you must work for the government probably. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know what? Take the day if you can. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is the Rebel Daily Roundup. It's normally hosted by David and a rotating cast of characters, including myself. And it's a great way for David and I to interact with each other and consume the news of the day along with you. And it's a a great opportunity for you to interact with us. Now, if you are watching us on the censorship platform of YouTube, why? But but if you're still there, um, might I suggest you bump over to one of the more free speechy platforms like Rumble or Odyssey. Um, you can interact with people as the live stream goes on, but you can also interact with us through something called a uh, rumble rant. That's their paid chat. And on Odyssey, it's called a hyper chat. And if you leave a paid chat myself or David will do our best to read those on air. And, you know, maybe it's a question, maybe it's a comment, maybe it's a story idea, maybe it's viewer feedback, hate mail, sometimes, whatever, um, drop it in a paid chat and we'll do our best to read it on air. 
Absolutely. And as you said, Sheila, so much to get to. The one that really catches my attention, it's the story of uh, Riley Gaines. Uh, she is yes. an elite NCAA swimmer. She's part of a campaign right now called Tell the NCAA Stop Discriminating Against Female Athletes. This is particularly uh, addressed to the um, swimmer known as uh, Leah, or should I say Liar Thomas, a big biological male that cleaned up in the pool uh, in the NCAA uh, last year. And this is being tolerated, I guess, in the names of equity, diversity, inclusion, tolerance. But yeah. really, it is all about misogyny. You yeah. are discriminating against biological females. Well, Riley, Sheila, disturbingly, she went to uh, University of San Francisco to uh, give a talk on this. And oh, gosh, can you just imagine how woke a university has to be when you're in San Francisco. It must the be off the chart. I mean, that's like going to the Borg home planet, right? Yeah. Um, but that's where it all comes from. All the bad things, all the bad progressive ideas in the world oh. come from San Francisco. It's the worst. Drug and legalization, um, environmentalism, wokeness, like it, everything comes from San Francisco. It's we, unbelievable. I always, I always joke about District 9 in Edmonton, but I think the world would be a better place if we District 9 San Francisco, just build a wall, dump food in on the aliens there, and just forget about it. I, I, I love how you're thinking, Sheila. But in any <laughs> event, uh, you once upon a time, I know this seems impossible, kids, but you could go to a university and it was a breeding ground for ideas and debates. And after yeah. you slug it out verbally... You'd go to the campus pub and uh, raise a pint. Oh, not anymore. Uh, if you have anything that triggers a certain community, and I'm talking about the transgender community here, Sheila, because suddenly transgender people are self-identifying as violent thugs, whether it's yeah. on in universities or at libraries hosting drag queen uh, spectacles. Uh, they let their fists do the talking, especially if they're males pretending to be females. Well, Riley was basically held hostage, confined. She was, she was physically assaulted. <laughs> and the university is calling this a peaceful protest. There is no apology, even though San Francisco police had to be called to get her safely off campus. Sheila, this is despicable. Let's watch this, Let's watch this crazy video. Okay. Push it down here. Push it down here. 
And you know, Sheila, on the theme of Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time we had insane asylums, and then we decided we were going to close those down. And as long as people took their meds, there'd be no problem. That's a big if, of course. But these people you see there screaming hysterically, in yester decade, they were confined for our safety and theirs. Now they're setting the uh, agenda uh, for whatever uh, the current flavor of human rights is right now, Sheila. Um, did that look peaceful at all to you? And in fact, I would suggest if the police never showed up, we might be talking about Riley Gaines in the past tense. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about this. Again, because as people at home know, I have a high-performance female athlete in my house who just got back from Florida, one of those states where she doesn't have to play against boys who want to hit women. Uh, for fun. Uh, but, you know, it, it's like last week when we watched that press conference with the um, warlocks of transgenderism. <laughs> and uh, I, I believe what I said was what in the sweet Hogwarts hell are we watching here? Um, and because these people are the worst self-fulfilling prophecy of themselves. When yeah. I, in my heart, I'm like, there's Satan's behind all of this. And then they show up looking like Satan's behind all of this. And then with this stuff, where in my head and my little tiny conspiracy theories that kick around in my head, I'm like, this is just a way for misogynists to justify hitting and being violent to women and controlling women and intimidating women. And then they show up and get violent and intimidate women to bend them to their will. These are the same people who say disagreeing with them is genocide. And yet they will get handsy and violent with somebody like Riley, whose only real crime is saying, I want to compete against people on a level playing field yep. because I'm old enough to remember when testosterone was a performance enhancing drug yep. like 15 minutes ago. Um, but they, this, I think a lot of this is really, as you point out, David, shrouded in uh, women hate. Like yep. 50 years ago, a lot of these people would be just uh, getting drunk on the couch and beating up their wives for not listening to them. But now they get to dress as women and then intimidate women to control women. By the way, Riley Gaines is a high-performance female athlete, peak of her sport, peak physical specimen. She could have tied those mouthy trans activists in a knot. She didn't touch them. Yeah. She behaved herself. It is the other side at all times that is violent. But that's why they change the meanings of words, right? That's why they say words are violence. Um, or they change the meaning of the word genocide to mean just holding a completely different worldview than you. Um, it's so that it mitigates the real violence that they're doing against you. It puts it all in the same category. You know, Sheila, you're so right. I think we're going to see that community change the word genocide into gendercide. And that's what's happening to biological females, uh, at least in sports and in this crazy country, um, female penitentiaries, where you can yeah. have 310-pound Bruce with facial hair and uh, his original wedding tackle and bulging and, with and muscles, identifying... Exactly. And 
And a sex offense conviction. Yeah. And a, which almost half of them tend to be sex offenders saying, oh, no, I'm Weird. Bertha now. And uh, you are allowed, uh, the fox is allowed to spend his time in yeah. the chicken coop. What could possibly go wrong? And again, you speak out against this. You're a transphobe. You know, yeah. Sheila, these people make up not even a scintilla of a percent of the world's population. And we are bending the knee to them every day. And it's got to end. I'm, I, I am absolutely convinced like I said earlier, once upon a time, these were people you would incarcerate in a mental institution right next to the guy saying, uh, I'm Napoleon Bonaparte. And instead, we're allowing them to set the agenda. It's the ultimate example of the tail wagging the dog. And um, no apology given uh, to Miss Gaines. Um, the spokes, uh, the spokes thingy, uh, at the university saying that, uh, oh, it was a peaceful protest. It reminds me of the ah, summer yes. of 2020 and the Black peaceful, Lives Matter rallies. Mostly yeah, where, peaceful arsons. <laughs> yeah, the, the reporter is literally ducking as a Molotov cocktail goes by. Oh, it's a mostly peaceful protest. You see raging bonfires in the, in the background. Um, you know, but I now have the answer to my question, Shelley. You recall, I always, my my dream, my fantasy for the women's, NCAA swim season last year was that all those real biological women competing against Liar Thomas, I would have just loved to have seen the starter gun go. He dives into the pool. The other nine walk back to the dressing room. What an incredible protest. But you know what? Now I know why it didn't happen. Those women would be vilified they might even be physically assaulted by all the trans activists on campus. So they've got to play a along with this. You know, it it really is, Sheila, like, you know, the emperor's new clothes, isn't it? The whole mm -hmm. village plays along with the fact, oh, what a beautiful robe. And it's only one little boy who is, uh, I guess, unsullied, has the uh, you-know-what to say, hey, the king is naked, you know. He was the whistleblower back then. Today, the whistleblower is probably sent in front of a human rights tribunal uh, to get him to think like the other uh, woke madness crowd uh, members. Uh, I am sick of this. And I'm waiting for the pendulum to swing back, Sheila, because there's way more normal people than there are mentally ill people. Yeah. Um, you and I talked about this couple weeks ago that a lot of those swimmers who are swimming against liar Thomas are swimming on scholarships. And so th their entire future is held hostage yep. by liar Thomas. They Good cannot point. walk away from the podium because they lose everything. And so that's the horrible predicament that these poor women are manipulated into after a lifetime of training and self-sacrifice and discipline to be where they are so that some mediocre man can come up and say, oh, no, 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 I've been a lady for 15 minutes and I'm already better at it than you are. Uh, like Dylan Mulvaney, his 365 days a girl. I'm like, oh, it's the worst. But um, I, I think scenes like this, keep it up lunatics because you're overplaying your hand. Yeah. And I hope that you do. <laughs> Uh, a few more scenes like this and normal people who are just saying, I don't, I don't care about any of this stuff. I don't have a daughter that plays sports. I don't have any kids in school. So I don't really care. Leave me alone. I'll, this is where it becomes they're not leaving you alone and that they are not going to leave anything alone. Uh, and all the 
systems of our culture are going to be torn apart by these people and their bad behavior. It's gone from live and let live to affirm everything I do at all times and forget reality. I'm I'm firmly in the camp of leave our sports alone and don't trans the kids. And you, you won't hear from me ever again, but they won't leave me alone. And I think a lot of people are realizing that. And, and you know, Sheila, uh, in, in the department of leave our sports alone, that brings to mind what happened last week in Toronto where the Toronto Maple Leafs had a drag queen show at uh, the Scotiabank Arena. And you know, it's kind of funny because uh, I did a story about a guy who made uh, an insensitive metaphor who was frog marched out of police by police out of the Scotiabank Arena. And I look at drag queens performing in front of children. Uh, that goes against MLSE's um, fan code of conduct. But I guess there's a different set of rules for performances. But, you know, with these corporations, the bottom line is always the bottom line. And when you mention uh, that little uh, Dylan Mulvaney, is that the name? Uh, yes. Being the spokes thingy for uh, Bud Light, which is the number one selling beer in the U.S., Here's what I want to see in the weeks and months ahead, Sheila. Do Bud Light sales go up or do they go down? Because if they go up, I guess me and you are a couple of dummies that don't know anything. But sure. I got an idea. I'm looking at the backlash out there. Oh, my God. Do I love Kid Rock now? <laughs> Taking that. I always did. I always did. <laughs> do I, I? You know, I'm really not a fan of his music, but I'm going to I'm going to download uh, some of his songs. Yeah, I'm going to do it on my iPod, by the way, Sheila. But yeah. anyways, um, that will be the proof in the pudding, so to speak. If Bud Light yeah. sales go up or down, I am praying they go down because that will send a message to Anheuser-Busch. Nothing else will. Yeah, yeah. Um, Olivia informs me in my ear that we have the video of Riley Gaines basically being kidnapped by a trans mob um, at a university. Uh, why don't we show that, Olivia? Wait, wait a minute, not your Riley. No, oh. not my Riley, Riley Gaines. <laughs> They'll never take my Riley alive. <laughs> Make her lose her fright. Tell her to pay us. Tell her to pay us and then she can go. Ten bucks each. Because she probably got paid for this shit, so we could get paid for it too. On a public campus that we attend. So what's the end goal here? We're cooperating, so what's next? So, so they need to do their job. We created a path. It's here. I can't speak to all of you when we're over talking to each other. We're not going to hear each other. Don't let her hold. They know. You're on to you. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we want to do is maintain what we're doing right now. And and as the speaker says. We can continue our conversation. And Sheila, you know, I'm going to appeal to our audience. And my appeal is this. Prove us wrong. Prove why you think that with the exception of equestrian and auto racing, that female and, and male sports, sports shooting. Are, and sport sports shooting, shooting, good point, uh, should be in separate divisions. Because, of course, with sports shooting and auto racing and equestrian, it's the horse, the car, and the gun. That is the equalizer, so gender doesn't matter. Please explain to us why you think that a male pretending to be a female 
and has all those inherent biological advantages, why they should be allowed to compete with um, biological females. If you can make that case, if you can somehow convince me, I'll bend the knee and say, I've got it all wrong, but I don't see any argument here, Sheila. No, me neither. Um, we should move ahead because we've got a ton of stuff on yes. the date. Um, let's talk about Jagmeet Singh. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Um, a little second. I, this Is this, uh, I know there's the Easter thing, but I think he did make mention of a, um, of a happy Good Friday or something like that. But I'm more concerned about this story, uh, Sheila, because this is more than Jagmeet Singh being irrelevant. Uh, this is yes. more than Jagmeet Singh being selfish. This is about Jagmeet Singh being dangerous, where he floats the idea that um, for Galen Weston, and listen, we're not fans of Galen Weston here. I think, does he call himself G2 or G3, something like that? What, um, what a dork. <laughs> I know, and pretty, and I will admit, pretty tone deaf to give yourself uh, a million dollar plus raise uh, during these times. But nevertheless, this is an entrepreneur. This is a capitalistic society. And the idea of Jagmeet Singh saying, we, the government, should make like a reinvented Robin Hood, take your money away and redistribute it to the poor. This is right out of the Communist Manifesto, Sheila. Right. This is yeah. Marxism. And how well has that worked in any country in this on this planet that has adopted uh, Marxism and communism as their um, system? So uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on this, Sheila? I'm with you. I'm not the biggest fan of Galen Weston. He, the guy is just a subsidy panhandler <laughs> from the federal government. I remember when we bought him those fridges um, and his company uh, colluded to rip off the poorest amongst Canadians by his bread price fixing scheme that got him in a fair bit of trouble. Yep. Um, sucks up to the liberals every second of the way. I don't know why there's a, a pride flag flying at the grocery store. That's Galen Weston for you. Um, but you just can't go around confiscating CEOs money. Oh, on the list of stupid things Galen Weston recently did. Remember um, back in November, October, he said, oh, we're freezing the prices at the grocery store to help fight inflation uh, because we're the best down here at Superstore, blah, blahs, whatever. And then the Grocery Association said, Actually, no, that's an industry standard practice. Correct. <laughs> for, the, for the last three months of the year, you are, yeah, Galen announces price freeze for inflation. And then the grocery association's like, no, actually, we do that across the industry in the last month or the last like quarter. Um, it's got nothing to do with inflation. It's industry standard practice. But do go ahead and be an absolute weirdo yeah. uh, trying to take credit for that. So that's one of the things he recently did. He is not an honest man, um, but if this is what the company is going to pay him and it's his company, I like, why should we all suffer like Jagmeet Singh, who maybe by now is taking a salary as the leader of the party, but that's because uh, the party couldn't afford to do it because he collapsed the fundraising dollars of the NDP. So while, while Jagmeet doesn't take a salary, doesn't mean nobody else should. Uh, but Sheila, you know, what kills me when uh, Jagmeet Singh is virtue signaling going, we're coming after you, you big, rich, fat cat, Galen Weston. Uh, Jagmeet, is that a Rolex dangling from yeah. your wrist? I think it is. And your right of choice, it's not a, 
uh, an, an EV or a plug-in hybrid. It's a BMW yeah. M3, I think 450 horsepower. So, so much for the carbon argument. This is what gets me. It's the hypocrisy uh, of, uh, you know, of this man. But yeah. the good news is you could argue that um, we are in an oligopoly situation in Canada. There's maybe three or four giant grocer chains and that's it. But still, you can make the choice. And I'll tell you, Sheila, you know what the pandemic, uh, how it influenced my grocery behavior? I will go out of my way to patronize Metro and Food Basics because during the pandemic, they would have a, a, a public announcement play that we recommend you wear a face mask. However, others should be aware that for uh, radical, uh, medical reasons or other reasons, there are people that cannot wear Very face nice. masks. Respect that decision. So Very they nice. were so tolerant. And you know what? That won my dollar. You know, yeah. so as much as possible, I am going to Metro and Food Basics because they were the only grocer in Canada that was showing tolerance uh, to the unmasked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Galen Weston. I, th this is how bad Jagmeet Singh is. I'm suddenly defending Galen Weston. <laughs> That's how bad the NDP are. What is happening right now? Uh, as, there's that little, fun little tweet Ezra uh, put out over the weekend. Um, Jagmeet Singh wished us all a happy Sunday. <laughs> Just any old random Sunday. Hope you're all enjoying the long weekend. What long weekend, Jagmeet? What one? Which, which one? Was it Easter? The Christian holiday? The most important Christian holiday? Of yeah. the liturgical calendar. Now, uh, in fairness, he did say something about Happy Easter on Good Friday, which is actually a very solemn day. Uh, so he also got that wrong. But um, yeah, he just couldn't say Happy Easter Sunday. And, and you know, I, I don't get it, Sheila, because I'm sure at the beginning of Ramadan, uh, Jagmeet Singh wished all his Muslim friends and constituents a, a happy Ramadan. So when it comes to naming names of the various religious holidays that we have in Canada. And we, yeah, it's a multicultural society we have. Sure. What is this aversion to Christianity? Because I, I haven't checked the census data. I still think Canada is primarily a Christian country, right? So <laughs> why is, and it's so pathetic, especially at Christmas, Oh, at this special time of year, the, happy the holiday. holiday what would that be? What, Which what, holiday what are you beating around the bush we... about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say I... it the C word already, will you? Um, These government officials, if they can't say it, you're not getting the day off. That would be my rule if I were in charge. <laughs> oh, boy. Like if you are not going to acknowledge the holiday, you're working. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. A hundred percent, Sheila. But I'm just, all I'm making the point here is that if, you are acknowledging every religious holiday, then why are you like so walking on thin ice when it comes to acknowledging Christian holidays? It doesn't make sense to me. Oh, it's because they have it convinced in their brain that we are bigots, right? Yeah. Christians were bigots, so you can't acknowledge that we're just like out there minding our own business, not being bigots. If we were truly the bigots they say we are, just by numbers, this would be a very terrible place. But when you think about the accomplishments of Christianity, the, the abolition of slavery and um, integration in the South, like that was a Christian movement. Um, so 
the original racism fighters, those were Christians. But um, yeah, like there's so many of us out there that if we were truly the bad guys, the left says we are imposing our will on everybody, this would be a very bad place to be. And Sheila, isn't the proof in the pudding here Jugmeet Singh himself? If we are some kind of awful, evil Christian autocracy, then how is it that Jugmeet Singh, a Sikh, becomes the leader of the NDP party? And, and, yeah. and my criticism of Jugmeet Singh, it's not because he's a Sikh. It's not because he wears a turban. No, it's because I think he's an idiot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and a hypocrite, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, Sheila, uh, I, I think, think we, we should get to break. our first ad break. I think I heard somebody whisper that in uh, mm -hmm. my ear. So why don't we take a very quick time out, folks, and we'll see you right back on the other side of the ad break. Canadians know the national anthem. They stand in silence to remember those who died for this country. But not every Canadian knows their rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport will change that. It looks and feels like a Canadian passport, but contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a portable, easy-to-read format. The Freedom Passport. Order one for yourself and for all the freedom lovers that you love at freedompassport.ca. I have mine, Sheila, and I'll tell you this much. Um, it really does look and feel, as the ad said, like a Canadian passport. I think next time I hop on a plane, just for laughs, I'll hand this over as my documentation. What am I saying? I'll probably be brought to some quiet room and beaten up for committing passport fraud. But, you know, it, it is a wonderful little document. And it's kind of like what I say about uh, Canadian tire money, Sheila. I find the further south and the further west you go in the United States, you can actually pan off Canadian tire money as legitimate Canadian currency. Uh, yeah, the uh, the guy in the beard, uh, that's our first prime minister, John A. Mechanic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, David, I got to tell you, this is not a paid chat, but I already got an email from somebody about your uh, iPod catastrophe oh. with your dog. Yeah, Mike Bolin emails me and says, I still have an iPod too. I use it six days a week to connect Rebel paid shows to my TV. Ezra and Sheila's show. So I should not make fun of the iPod users. They're watching my content at home using the iPod. Bet you didn't know you could do that, David. There you go. And, and Sheila, I'm serious. I have those three last iPods I bought at the Apple store here in Toronto. They're in the box. And years from now, you'll see, because it's, it's, it's always sure. the same. Um, sure, 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 sure. Things are made in mass production. <laughs> then they become junk. And then the next stage is they become collectibles, you know. And I'll tell you this much, if only I hung on to Incredible Hulk number 181, yes, the first appearance of Wolverine in 1974. Well, Sheila, that was a 25-cent comic book. It's worth tens of thousands of dollars in mint condition today. Know. You know, but so you mark my words, those, those iPods are staying in the box. Great. Thank you, David. If you want an iPod, if you want to pay too much for an iPod, it's David at rebelnews.com. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why I subscribe to that James Bond uh, movie title, Sheila. The world is not enough. So start the bidding now. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Sheila, some uh, trouble uh, in your neck of the woods with uh, Premier Daniel Smith. Um the ethics commissioner is investigating whether uh, Premier Smith 
made a breach of ethics, I guess, by having a phone conversation with Arthur Pawlowski. Can you uh, let us know what the dealio is here, my friend? Uh, yeah. So the premier took a phone call from Arthur Pawlowski. Um, and at the time, Arthur was the leader of a political party. So, yes. I mean, this could have been like two party leaders talking to each other, which happens all the time. Um, but also she could have been talking to a concerned citizen, which premiers should do, which is makes it so remarkable or rather not that the NDP are outraged about this and the CBC are so taken aback. Um, so they basically, the CBC published an article alleging that the premier was meddling in the uh, prosecutions of the COVID scoff laws. Yeah. And she has to sort of, walk a very fine line here because she does not want to be like Justin Trudeau meddling in the independence of the justice system. But really, is there any public interest in continuing on with these cases when Alberta is already short? Um, I think the last count was like 50 crown prosecutors across the province. And so some very real actual crimes are in jeopardy of being tossed out because of court delays and things like that. And so she took a phone call and the phone call is very clear. She didn't say, yeah, I'm definitely going to like get in there and call the crown and make, make sure that you're fine. Art. She didn't say that. Uh, now the recording of the call was leaked. I have my suspicions how that happened. I'll keep them to myself. It really doesn't matter. This doesn't actually show anything wrong, but the NDP making hay in the lead up to the next election, which is about a month and a bit away. Um, are, they're calling for an ethics investigation. And the premier said, great, bring it, fine. Um, she's already had an investigation done on, um, like to see if her communications were um, above board with the Crown Prosecution Office um, and Alberta Justice. And that returned absolutely nothing. She's been very, very careful. I think she continues to be very, very careful. The NDP would love to see an ethics investigation. And so they're going to get one. And uh, she said, fine, just bring it. Great. We'll turn up nothing. And Sheila, I think that is a perfectly valid explanation that Premier Smith gave. Arthur Pawlowski at the time was the head of another political party. So it'd be just like Rachel Notley calling Daniel Smith. Of yeah. course she's going to take that call. <laughs> uh, would there be a scandal there? But you know what I find fascinating? Like I said, this is in your neck of the woods. But do you know this story today is leading... Uh, you know, it's the leading news of several radio stations in Toronto. Uh, normally, yeah. we don't care what happens outside the uh, center of the universe. So yeah, that's why, why we don't like you. Yeah, well, so I, <laughs> that's I why we don't it. like you guys. <laughs> but you know, doesn't that isn't that telling? Because it is a conservative uh, premier that made this phone call. In other words, if this was Rachel Notley still as premier making that call, it gets zero traction in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Zero. Because th that's a leftist speaking to somebody else and we don't care. So I, I just think, um, uh, you know, the way they're ginning this up and look at the timing. It's next month is your um, your election. And, uh, the, and by the way, Sheila, I want to get your thoughts on this. The way it's being painted in many news organizations, it looks like NDP, uh, you know, will take the Edmonton area. Uh, rural Alberta will go UCP. And again, it all comes down to Calgary. Um, is that how you look at the Alberta election next month? Yeah, Edmonton's a write-off. Um, <laughs> push it into the North Saskatchewan. Um, I don't, 
whatever happens there is going to happen there. Um, it's the seat of government. It's all just a bunch of union workers and people who like bike lanes for some reason in one of the most northern cities in the world. Um, <laughs> this is stupid. Um, I, I would never ride my bike in Edmonton, Sheila. I just don't want to freeze my ball bearings off. Yeah. Or get run off the road by an F-150, like, which is a ladies' truck here. Um, but anyways, for the five people who use the multi-million dollar bike lanes, congratulations for um, your speedy commute. Um, but, but yeah, it, it'll come down to Calgary. And I think Calgary, Calgary is going to go uh, UCP. I think it's not going to be the blowout that it deserves to be. But um, I think the UCP will win and... Uh, I think a lot of people, if they actually stop and listen to the phone calls um, or the phone call between the premier and art instead of what the CBC is reporting, the call to be, you will see that there is really no impropriety. This is just a premier doing her job and listening to Al an Albertan. Um, but a lot of people, I, I guess some of them are not going to do that. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody cares about a phone call between the premier and art, uh, because this is a place of ungovernables. We didn't like the lockdown anyway. That's why you couldn't contain us. We just yeah. did whatever the heck we felt like. Um, so nobody cares about the premier, um, whether or not she would I, I, like it would be improper. But I don't think even if she did, people mm -hmm. would care because she was elected um, as a rejection of the lockdowns and how Jason ha Kenny handled COVID. Uh, I think people see the budget surplus, the $10.3 billion budget surplus and actively paying down the debt and bringing back investment and the oil patch is booming again and things are good. I think that's what people see when they look at her and they see the dark, dark days of Rachel Notley standing out in the middle of the field like a scarecrow just shooing away all the oil companies like some harbinger of death <laughs> scarecrow in the field uh people remember that they really do they remember that every week it was like 800 jobs gone at cnrl another 800 at snobus like it was every single week and then her just bending over uh and doing whatever justin trudeau said um we have a premier now who has made it legislation to stand up to Justin Trudeau. So um, while, I don't know, apparently the NDP and the CBC and the mainstream media in Toronto seem to care about the story, I actually yeah. don't think Albertans care all that much. Well, and you know, Sheila, speaking of Albertans, if there's anyone sitting on the fence for next month's election, if there's anyone suffering from amnesia, I urge you to pick up my beloved colleague's book, The Destroyers, um, that mm -hmm. will tell you all you need to know about what Alberta was like under the so-called leadership of Rachel Notley. In fact, Sheila, I, I'm, as we mentioned off the top of the uh, hour, today is National Encourage a Young Writer Day. I think it was during National Encourage a Young Writer Day 2017. I encourage you to write that book. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back and, and an assist. It was all you, David. It was all you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's from 2016, though. Um, <laughs> I think it was 2019 is when the uh, Stop Not Lee came out, when I still have the Stop Not Lee 
lawn sign in my office here. Um, just reminding people about how terrible things were and how I was right to have predicted all those things in 2016 because she did everything she said she would and then some. Which should bring us to the story from David Staples in the Edmonton Journal. Yes. Uh, the Sunrise, sunset, the NDP never change. You can just count on that, right? Like there's always anti-oil lunatics. Um, and they think we're stupid enough to just be hard of remembering, that we don't remember the things that they said and did literally in writing. <laughs> like They tell you what they're going to do, and then they decide that they're going to run for politics. And they're like, no, no, that definitely wasn't me. I changed my mind. Hmm. 45 seconds ago. Now I'm pro-oil because I'm running in Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's what happened here. David Staples, by the way, great, great journalist with uh, the Edmonton Journal. Um, one of the few left there that are uh, sort of, I, I wouldn't call him a conservative, but he is a man with an open mind and he's very pro-oil and gas, which is mm. uh, as good as it gets. So he said uh, he, the NDP's star candidate, uh, a man in Calgary Elbow, is Samir Kayandi. He said that hydrocarbons must go away. Oh. So phasing out oil and gas, like hydrocarbons, that's the basis of all life on earth, by the way. But he's like, no, bad. Get, they're dirty. Get rid of them. Um, so that was just two years ago. He worked for, um, I forget who he worked for. But um, anyways, now he's a star candidate for the NDP. And he said, uh, and he wrote this in an April 2021 opinion column for the CBC. There's no alternative, he wrote. It's just too polluting. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, this is the best. This is their star candidates. Like this is what the NDP can field here in Alberta when in the middle of an oil boom, like we're just like, everybody's going back to work. People are like, it's time to buy a new pickup, maybe buy a new house. Everybody's moving to Alberta. And they're like, no, we have to ruin everything again. So wait a minute. He's still sticking to denouncing hydrocarbons, Sheila? Yes. While he yep. runs in Calgary? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he's against Keystone XL. He, uh, well, of course, naturally, he he's against hydrocarbons, like hydrocarbons. Sheila, how you know? Please explain that to this ignorant Easterner here. How is this even a close race in Alberta when you you've got people who want to get into office who are denouncing the number one industry in Alberta? Uh, you know. This is all he said. I'll, I'll show you this. This is what, um, if he were elected, by the way, they would make him the next energy minister here in Alberta. That's how important he is to the NDP. Oh. Um, but when David Staples reached out to him with his prior comments, he said, as long, so now he changes his mind, right? And we're not supposed to remember the article you wrote for the CBC in 2021. He said, as long as the world is using oil and gas, we should be using our oil and gas, he wrote back. <laughs> An NDP government will work with the oil and gas sector to support all forms of energy to reduce emissions in order to ensure long-term viability of the industry and continue to create good paying jobs. So long-term viability of the oil and gas industry is what he's saying now. But two years ago, it has to go. It's just too dirty. There's no possible way. By the way, just so you know, the oil and gas sector emissions over the last 20 years have dropped 
30, I think 31%. It's over 30% anyway. Um, that's a pretty successful efficiency rate. I would love to see another industry be able to be one third more effective in that short amount of time in the middle of um, increasing demand for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't believe that green energy is doing that. No. Uh, but they never trumpet those sort of success stories because it's dirty. It's dirty. We don't want to talk about it. Those kids dying in the Congo, getting your rare earth minerals. That's fine. Cause it's happening over there. Um, we don't want to, we can't talk about that. Unbelievable. Sheila, let's take our second ad break of the show and we'll come back. Did you want to, um, we, we talked about this a little bit, but this video we have of Bud Light's head of marketing <laughs> says that she had to rescue Bud Light's brand to be more inclusive, if you recall, uh, a few years ago, Bud Light overtook Budweiser as the number yeah. one selling beer in America. So why does Bud Light need rescuing in the first place? This is baffling. Let's uh, run this ad and then we'll uh, talk about this uh, woke inclusive nonsense on the other side. Have you checked out the fresh new swag we have at rebelnewsstore.com? Like this nifty resistance trucker sweater. We have warm, cozy sweaters, t-shirts, mugs, hats, phone cases, you name it. Everything to fit your freedom-loving needs or maybe even trigger a liberal family member or friend. And for a limited time, you can use code TAMARA10 at checkout to save 10% off of your total order. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, check out all of our new designs, make some purchases, and use code TAMARA, that's T-A-M-A-R-A, -A -A, 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Head on over, check it out. Yeah, so as uh, promised, let's roll that video clip. And um, oh gosh, I'm just looking at a teaser photo. There's already a rainbow in the background. Uh, so you know exactly where this is going to go. Here's the Bud Light head of marketing. Oh, I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. So well, Sheila, as she what? was babbling on, I just Googled what is the number one beer in the USA. Shockers, Bud Light. I Wait a minute. According to the director of marketing, it's in decline. They're losing drinkers because they're not, you know, rainbow enough. Well, they're losing enough. drinkers for sure. Yeah, but there's the stats. <laughs> it's number one. You know, um, so uh, this is staggering. You know what I think is at the core here, Sheila? And it's not just Anheuser-Busch. But it's Fortune 500 companies, 
It's Hollywood Studios. It's Major League Pro Sports Leagues. And they are all appointing a um, director of uh, inclusion and diversity, a typically a high six-figure uh, paying job. And it's basically to point out to the, well, kind of like the people that went after Riley in San Francisco, the female swimmer, look, uh, we're on board. Uh, we've got a diversity inclusion officer. Don't attack us. Um, go to Coors. We heard they don't have that kind of person. <laughs> That's what this is all about. But she's babbling nonsense. The statistics prove her wrong. And what's wrong with being the beer of NASCAR rodeo um watching the masters in the sports bar like what is wrong with being that beer why do you have to be something else there are other beers that will fulfill the niche market of ironic hipster beards with too much mustache wax those guys um who aren't doing it in like a handsome rodeo way and like a sam elliott way but like in a hipster skinny jeans way um there, there are beers out there for those guys. Actually, they like the low-carb stuff, right? Like, like it, they're drinking the Vizzies or whatever. What's wrong with just leaning in to your brand as the blue-collar, regular, masculine beer of the world? But what this lady has done is decided that we're going to jettison all those people yeah. who've been drinkers of Bud Light for 40 years. We're just going to throw those guys out the other side, shove them into the loving arms of Coors and um, and try to attract new customers who already don't like us because they don't drink regular beer. They drink the fancy crap. Yeah. By the way, I would argue if you are drinking a light beer, that isn't very masculine at all. But Stop. You know, she she is. <laughs> She's Stop, you're making people mad, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, come on. Like, if you're going to drink a beer, get some, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I won't go there. But she identified herself Don't. as being a businesswoman. Um, Sheila, what's a businesswoman? Especially the woman part. What's a woman? I, I, I was going to say, a... what is a businesswoman? <laughs> what even is that? I don't you know. know. Somebody who just how... put their leg in a big trans bear trap. Um, <laughs> and quite likely broke down a lot of relationships with this brand and their lifelong customers. I'm not sure what kind of businesswoman she thinks she is. Yeah. And you know, they don't even subscribe to what they preach, Sheila. I mean, I don't know if Super Producer can find the video, but last year, uh, Labatt, which brews Bud Light under license here in Canada, yeah. they went with the gender pronoun cans. Yeah. Um, Zer, Zire, Zur, Zib, Zab, X, Y, Z. I went down to London, uh, Labatt's head office in London, Ontario, Sheila. I said, listen, what do these mean? Nobody knew. Nobody knew what yeah. the definition of these pronouns that they were printing on their cans. And uh, I think there's a clip of me. They saw me coming, so they slammed the security gate. <laughs> Story and of your I'm life. having a conversation <laughs> with some security guard. Like, does anyone know what these pronouns mean? And they can't. So why yeah. are we, as consumers, supposed to embrace this woke nonsense if the ones churning out this crap can't even define it, Sheila? Well, that's the thing. I'm seeing a lot of my guy friends who are, I've never seen them before without a blue can in front of them at the bar. And they're drinking Coors. Like they, they just, 
they just don't want there are little ways where and non-political guys too like they're just non-political but they're like this i i just can't abide this yeah. um so i don't know i would love to see 6 months out what the sales numbers are like after this when you've got like john rich and travis tritt and kid rock all all saying like no sorry not on not not part of our tour not in our bar not not as one of our you know tour riders none of that stuff when you've got like regular blue collar guys who just want to work and have their beer and be left alone who are actively choosing coors because they're just like no we got daughters this isn't cool um they, they forget they forget people's motivations that even even if you're not political even if you don't care about this stuff there are guys that are just like i just want to have a beer and i have a daughter and i just feel like this is wrong you know what sheila i, I think that's a great um equation that you came up with let's pick a date say six months half a year down the road let's see what the market share of bud light is because sometimes you know what uh there's a saying, um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Um, I think this is bad publicity. My guess, if I was going to put a loony on the table here, I'm saying come October, their market share dips. And believe me in that, I mean, I used to write a column for Marketing Magazine here, Sheila. Um, directors of marketing will sell their grandmother down the river if it meant getting a 0.1% market share increase. It's all about moving the merchandise. That's it. They might talk about social justice and, uh, you know, uh, social marketing and all that other stuff. It's all about selling the stuff. And I'm predicting sales are going to go down because they don't know their own audience. Before, yeah, let's move from this just for a second because uh, holy moly we only have seven minutes left in the show david how did this <laughs> wow why fly, fly by um <laughs> can we show this horrible 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 video of the dalai lama oh yeah holy joe biden batman <laughs> yeah and you know like he's he's sort of been like selling access to himself for a very long time he's sold access to himself from nexium that weird sex cult that grew out of an MLM, which I, I think all MLMs, they will end up that way if you're, if you're not careful. Um, but uh, anyways, he, he has been a bit of a disreputable character for a little bit. Um, and uh, we, yeah, we've gone full hair sniffer here. Yikes. <laughs> 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 and suck my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know, Sheila, check uh, first check of all the hard drives. Yeah, check the hard drives. That's not cool. You know. Why is it that people find it necessary to applaud those acts that, you know, are deserving of zero applause? I always think of Miss South Carolina. Remember that beauty pageant uh, where she answered a question and she went rambling down a rabbit hole of nonsense and people actually applauded at the, oh, yeah. uh, maybe if super producer Efren can find that because 
Um, it was a real Justin Trudeau moment. <laughs> it really was. But you know what? Let's consider a couple of things that have happened in the last four years. One, the Me Too moment. Secondly, COVID-19, both of which suggest strongly, don't touch other people, okay? Just don't. And especially, don't suck the tongue of a minor. I can't believe I said that, but we just saw the, the evidence and there was applause and there was even laughter. Who thinks that's funny, Sheila? I just, I feel so terrible for this kid because you're obviously meeting somebody that you are told is very powerful, very important, and a spiritual leader, like a divine creature. Um, and it's, this is happening. So he's sort of, there's a real power imbalance. Plus you're already a little kid. And then you have all these people watching and they're applauding. Like I actually applaud this young man. That's why I would applaud. I applaud this young man for resisting. Mm this grooming that we just saw because it like how intimidating how scary um everybody's watching you're told this person is like a divine individual like divine like a godlike creature an elevated person um oh, transcendent geez. transcendent and everybody's watching and you resist this he's a young young kid i, I mean good for him there's a lot of women who would have done something very, very different for apart from <laughs> Sheila, uh, and to producer, you know, and the added perversity here is, did you notice everybody in the background? They're wearing masks, right? Outside. So, look, everyone. Is, <laughs> That's because they don't want their tongues sucked. They don't want their tongues sucked, David. That's yeah. why I would wear a mask around the Dalai Lama too, apparently, because uh, I want to keep his tongue off my face. Yeah, I don't want to go down the tongue sucking route, uh, <laughs> even with um, lady men. <laughs> Put it that way, I'm sure not going to suck the tongue of a Dalai Lama as a uh, minor. But the fact that everybody else is wearing masks, they're still afraid of the COVID cooties. Well, what better way to get infected than by, uh, you know, French kissing someone, which is what we're seeing there. Yeah, that was, that was worse than that. Yeah. And worse than French kissing. Uh, let's just read that statement again, because uh, we're downplaying a lot here. This is like Justin Trudeau's, she experienced it differently uh, statement. A video clip has been circulating that shows a recent meeting when a young boy asked his holiness, the Dalai Lama, if he could give him a hug. Get a hug. A hug <laughs> is very different than what we just saw there. His Holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as his many friends across the world for the hurt his words may have caused. It wasn't just his words. It was his, um, anyway, uh, his Holiness, this is the part where it, this is like, again, very Justin Trudeau that it's, it's, um, it was innocent and playful and we all are experiencing it differently. His Holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way, even in public and before cameras. He regrets the incident. It was teasing, can't you see? Innocent. There was nothing innocent about that, you old perv. How how does that fall into the definition of tease? I saw my nieces and nephews over the weekend. I do tease them. <laughs> that is not teasing. I I love to tease little children, especially other people's kids. I love that. But like that's not teasing. That's just old pervert grooming. <laughs> 
Unbelievable. And um, speaking of which, we do have a video of uh, Joe Biden this morning. Apparently, uh, he plans speaking on of old running. pervert grooming. Yeah. Old pervert grooming. That's a great segue, David. Yeah. He plans on running in 2024, Sheila. Um, are the Democrats going to accommodate that plan? That's the Is question. Is he going to survive? Think. Yeah. But like, let's I don't hear know if he's going to survive. Indeed. Let's hear it from the mouth of Sleepy Joe himself. So th this is a fantastic event, one of my favorites of the year. I was just wondering, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on <laughs> at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more? Maybe, maybe, maybe five. Maybe five? <laughs> maybe maybe so, six. So what the hell? Are you, are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either be so rolling an egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, bro help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. Well, I th so nice. Thank you for having well, us good, up here. Good to be here. Thank you, Dr. Have fun. all your cameramen want to put down their cameras and go get some of those Easter eggs. That's right. We're going to afterwards, we'll make an egg salad. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, no. Sheila, why does it always sound like he's got a mouthful of marbles when he's talking? <laughs> it's because they've got him so drugged up to keep him as coherent as possible. I think it's giving him cotton mouth. I really do. Um, there's no way in hell that he is going to survive through a second term. Uh, I think he's got one, like one foot in the grave. Uh, they can Botox his forehead till... Um, there's nothing left to move there, but there is nothing beyond the skull there. Like, I think they're trying to purposefully make him look a little more youthful, but it just looks odd because of all of his geriatric mannerisms. Uh, you can barely put, string together what he's saying there. Am I right? Well, yeah. I mean, and he said and may, maybe another four years, maybe another six years, which, you know, six years, I think is a term and a half. Uh, that doesn't happen. Um, uh, then again, he does seem to have a problem with elementary mathematics. Didn't he say his favorite two words in the English language is made in America? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't know who's who's the worst there. Like, I, I, again, this is how bad these people are that now I pity Joe Biden. I feel sorry for him. He should be just languishing in, in like under a blankie somewhere watching Matlock. He yeah. should not be the leader of the free world. Um. I don't know if it's Jill Biden that I have the most disgust for. Uh, obviously, she's kind of a, a, I think maybe she's not power hungry, but she likes to feel important. And well, she, yeah. keeps trot, she keeps trotting her obviously ill husband out before the cameras. Um, or is it Al Roker? Because he's a journalist. And there is no possible way that he could have interacted with Joe Biden and not come away with the same impression that the rest of us have, that there is something seriously wrong with this guy. Yeah. And yet L Roker doesn't say a damn thing. And so they're just happy to prop this up because they just hate the Democrat or the Republicans so much that they would abuse this feeble old man. That, that's what I think is happening at this point. I feel sorry for Joe Biden. Uh, I, I do too, Sheila. And I think you're right. I think Jill is an enabler. I think she really digs the title first lady. And mm -hmm. um, it's at the expense of her husband's health, uh, quite frankly. And the idea, if he's at this stage of whatever it is that is afflicting him, can you imagine what he's going to be like uh, from 2024 onward, another four years? Um, it's sad. 
Yeah. Like, I think he's at the point where he doesn't know the difference between the remote control um, and the nuclear button. Like, I'm worried about the state of the world. Like, he's just, I worry about him just shuffling around the White House, pressing buttons randomly. We're all going to die, David. Unbelievable. Well, as the vice president would say, we'll see what happens with the passage of time. The passage of time. (laughs) How that profound. woman too. Like she's she's not any better. Like she uses as many words as possible to say the same to say like something she could say in like four <laughs> words, or maybe it could have been a thumbs up or an emoji. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be a speech. And that's what she does. She just talks and talks and then just uses the same phrase backwards and forwards. And you're like, what happened to the last 90 seconds? Well, like you just sucked it out of my soul. She's worse. I don't know. Pray for the United States, everybody. Just pray. Uh, well, we have lots of uh, chats. I see we're, we're we're out of racetrack, but do we have any super chats? We definitely do. So uh, Mike Mike from Freedom Planning, my buddy Mike Mayer, gives us 20 bucks awfully generous, Mike. Uh, he says, have faith, David. The psyop that is the trans agenda is starting to swing our way. Rational people are now speaking up. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm just waiting for the pendulum to swing back. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, the amount of transanity, I go back to, you know, that transgendered individual taking six lives, including the lives of three nine-year-olds. And the media was more concerned about which pronouns to use and putting out groveling apologies well, we thought she was a he or he was a she. I, I can't even remember. Maybe uh, those Christians had it coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, they and also... Joe Biden, um, when asked yeah. to consider this a hate crime, he giggled, Sheila. He laughed when, of course, it was a hate crime. And um, the fact that this person had a manifesto, That's why hasn't thing, it been really released definitely... yet? Yeah, I'll I, tell know, you El- th- I, I know everything about Elliot Roger. I know everything about that little puke. Yeah. Um, they release it right away. The public wants to know why these things happen. Yep. And yet there's a manifesto here. The police have said that it was motivated yep. uh, by the things that were uncovered in the manifesto. Show us, show us what was being plotted. Show us how bad this could have been and how bad this person hated other people for simply disagreeing with them. And I want to see how much that overheated rhetoric from the other side weaponized this person into violence. When you are telling people that there's a genocide being committed against them, they will react accordingly. So maybe the other side would take some responsibility and tone down their nonsense, but we will never know unless that manifesto is released. And that's why I believe that what is whatever is in that manifesto is a damning indictment of the other side. And so we may never see it. That's outrageous because I'm telling you, if that was some straight white guy with a MAGA hat on, that manifesto is published before the body's uh, cold, uh, Sheila. Yeah, we knew everything about Elliot Roger. We knew all about like uh, uh, his YouTube videos, manifestos, everything that he said and wrote um, before he went out there as the uh, weaponized incel. Um, because it was easy to blame like the other side. Oh, you know, if you're anti-feminist and you're obviously an incel, it was used yeah. against the other side. Um so what, like, we should see this. In all fairness, we should see it. I just doubt we ever will. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Fraser McBurney, fight the fines recidivist. 
caps locks aficionado from Hamilton. Um, five bucks. When I was a youth living in Montreal in the 1960s. Oh, I'm so sorry. Already, this is a terrible story. Um, <laughs> uh, all the stores were closed. Only the drugstore and gas stations and hospitals were open. They did not sell junk food. It was a day of rest. Oh, we're referring to Sundays or Easter in general. Um, well, there must have been, in the 1960s, I'm sure McDonald's was around in Montreal at that decade. Am I incorrect? I I'm yeah, I'm old enough to remember that you can. There was a lot of places that you can even shop on Sunday in Fort Saskatchewan. Like it just, they just well, weren't you open. Know, it was a big battle, Sheila, up until yeah. I think the 1990s here in uh, Toronto. You would uh, you would be fined for opening on uh, statutory holidays and Sundays. And um, whenever a government embraces something, well, we're going to test it for six months. Uh, Sunday shopping, you know. It's never going to go away. Just like in Toronto, when they say, we're going to take out another lane of University Avenue for a bike lane uh, as a test. Oh, no, that means it's permanent. So um, it, we've never looked back. I guess the benefit, though, is for those employees, you get double time or double time and a half, uh, which is something. But um, I'm sure in the years ahead, Sheila, uh, there will be an emphasis, uh, well, by the likes of Jugmeet Singh, uh, to de-emphasize Christian holidays, to make it just another day. And um, hey, pr like I said, prove me wrong. All they have to do is make some special sales. You know, like if they had like a Christmas Christmas Day blowout, people would go because um, cash is king these days. Oh, you know, Sheila, I did that test last year, uh, or sorry, last December. And I, I, I always do this. And I went into a mall and this is in the month of December, all the Christmas decorations are out, all the symbols associated with Christmas are out. Only one retailer on their printed poster had the C word, Christmas. Can you imagine? It, it's it's like, you know, the, that, that Harry Potter character, Voldemort, yeah. the one whose name we dare not mention, right? Yeah, That's just like Christmas Easter jog meat. Like. Yeah. And no one's offended by this. I've talked to my friends who are Jews, Sikhs, Muslims. They have no problem with it. So who are we protecting from this alleged offense? No, and it's, a lot of times it's uptight Christians who are just like, no, so. I agree. They just don't want to offend anybody else by being Christian. So probably the people that go to the United thing. Church. Yeah, that's a self-help group with a cross. <laughs> Do they still have the cross there? It's been a while. Um my cute little mother-in-law just came and shoved a coffee in, in my studio. She's so cute. Um, okay, we should keep going. Adam Ottawa gives us five bucks. Uh, Adam's a very important voice in this debate. Uh, he says, as a gay man, I really don't understand the obsession with drag queens. I avoid gay plus events because of this awful entertainment. How did these people become icons for transgenders? Yeah, and I, I think, Sheila, the question for me is, look, if you're putting on a drag queen performance in the gay village or any other bar where it's the major age majority you need to be to, to get in there, that's one thing. But getting it into hockey arenas, getting it into schools, getting it into public libraries, I mean, what is this obsession with flaunting drag queens and drag queen paraphernalia in front of minors? I don't know. And also... They 
tell me that this is performance art. Mm. So how did it all become an icon for transgenderism? I'm told that it's a performance, not an identity. So we're told that it's a hate crime to question somebody's identity. Well, they've been telling me this is a performance. So is it a performance or is it an identity? Because you guys have to pick a lane before you start laying hate crimes charges against me. Please, thanks. And Sheila, I'm still waiting to hear from the pro drag queen and libraries crowd. What is the difference between a man pretending to be a grotesque caricature of a female and a biological female who's a stripper who shows up there? And I'm not talking about taking off all her clothes, but dressing as scantily as they do. Why don't we welcome biological females into libraries to do this too? I mean, really, what's the difference? be a lot of guys showing up at the library. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, to make you like, oh, I'm going to the strip club with the guys. The hell you are. I'm going to the library <laughs> to read some periodicals. Um, <laughs> but I, I would love to see the correlation between like childhood literacy rates and being read to by a guy in sequined ladies underpants. Because if there were like, if it did increase childhood literacy rates, at least there would be an argument there. Yeah. But that's not why we're doing this, is it? Like, no, it's just those test kids. scores are going down, Sheila. For sure they are. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. But, you know, point. we don't fail anyone and we give everyone a participation trophy, even if they go 0 and 84 and so on and so forth. And um, like I said, um, you know, when I think of the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing, they're probably looking at what's going on in the West and saying, you know what, we're going to win this war without ever firing a single bullet. Yeah, like I said, I don't think the Cold War ever ended. We no. just quit fighting and they just kept marching through our institutions. I'm no. not convinced that we won it at all. Uh, let's keep going. AMT60 gives us five bucks. Uh, about three weeks ago, I did a chat about the new digital terms of TD Bank and also emailed tips, David, Sheila, and Ezra. Terms take effect April 24th. Has any rebel member looked into it? Um, we did, uh, actually one of our uh, copy editors, web editors did look into it. I think he's a TD customer also. I'm a TD customer, uh, which probably just mentioning that on air probably just got my bank account <laughs> frozen oopsie doodle. Um, but uh, Dave didn't really see all that many problems with it. I will. I promise I'll take a look into it also. Um, I, I did see your email. Um, I just want to let everybody know that I get. Ooh, sometimes it's like over 100 emails, hundreds, depending uh, to my email on any given day. So it is hard to get through them all. I do my best to get through them. I do know that story is on my radar. So um, bear with me. And you know, Sheila, for what it's worth, I'm a TD customer too. Maybe next time. Not I anymore, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. I know if you're a Scotiabank customer, don't ever complain about rainbow logos. They will um, fire you as a customer. Uh, we know that for sure from a gentleman in Grand Prairie we spoke with last year. Uh, but yeah, I'll just see on the te teller level uh, what knowledge they have of this. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a nothing burger. Maybe it's something more. I've got to tell you, too, you know, the two TD um, branches in my neighborhood that are walking distance, they've adopted a new policy. I wonder how widespread this is, because I think it's a sign that there goes the neighborhood. When the branch closes, the access to the ATMs close. And the reason is, because I did ask, is that homeless people 
camp out in the ATM thing overnight. And um, they sort of leave little things behind, which I shall not go into. And it's kind of a dangerous situation, say, if you have one female teller coming to the bank to open it up early in the morning. Fair, but, fair. But um, to me, Sheila, that is a sad indicator of where the neighborhood's going. I'm just wondering if any of our audience has experienced this too, because closing the ATM uh, at you know in accordance with bankers' hours actually defeats the purpose of an ATM. You know, i.e., I, I should be able to go at two in the morning and get money out, but not anymore, not with the banks in my neighborhood. I'm already on thin ice with TD. Um, at one time, I lectured them about their partnership with Nature Conservancy. I mm. wanted to tell them how terrible Nature Conservancy was. And they're <laughs> like, look, we'll just, we'll stop taking the money into your bank account to support them. And I'm like, no, I want it all back. I don't <laughs> Anyways, it's a long story, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> We're already like, there's friction there. So I should just <laughs> shut up a little bit. Um, we have another chat from Aaron Burton, 32, gives us five bucks. I hope you had a great long weekend, David. Enjoy the sunshine this week, Sheila. I hope Alberta is warming up too. You know what? It has warmed up this week. I think we're about, uh, let's check. It's 10 degrees and slightly overcast here, but the snow is disappearing and the frost is coming out of the ground. So the puddles are just soaking in. So it's great. Wow. And I can tell you after work, Sheila, I mean, right now in the GTA, it is 18 degrees. So for the first face. time, <laughs> for the first time since November, I'm taking the uh, racer bike out of storage and getting my fat ricotta cheese candy ass on that saddle and trying to burn a, a calorie or two. What do you think about that, Sheila Gunn-Reed? Look out, Toronto. Dave Menzies is going to be in them bike shorts again. <laughs> yep. Settle down, ladies. <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> stop david ableist sl because this was five bucks is the dalai lama is believed to have gone senile <laughs> i believe that maybe no i perhaps uh also do you support the banning of gender transition with a phase-out program for people in advanced stages to retain support, such as Blair White. I don't care about gender transition. I don't. I, I don't want to trans the kids. I don't want to pay for it and get out of my sports. That's where I am. Otherwise, I don't I just live your life. I'll keep my own religious and worldview, not necessarily to myself, but I don't plan to impose it on anybody. If you want to pay to surgically alter your body, that happens all the time, every single day in every single cosmetic surgeon's office across the world. It's a, like the reason Turkey exists right now. Um, so I don't I don't care. Just don't trans the kids. Don't infect them with this social contagion. Um, and I also want people to be honest with themselves and each other. And I want the medical profession to be honest that uh while you may be medically intervening, this is a psychological issue that you will not be satisfied with the outcome of your medical transition because you're not dealing with that other stuff. So stay out of my sports. Don't trans the kids. Let's be honest with people and don't make me pay for it. And that's, I'm done. Yep. Uh, uh, Sheila, I'm on board with you hundred percent. If you are a male or a female and you're identifying as the other sex and you're dressing that way and getting fake boobs or a fake penis, um, Hey, you're living your life in suburbia. You're not bothering anyone. You're not 
thrusting this down the throats of uh, impressionable minors. Uh, knock yourselves out. We're all about freedom. In fact, I'm very much like some of our uh, trans viewers, I suppose, Sheila. Uh, I love Halloween, too. I just celebrated on October 31st, not 365 days a year. So I am simpatico with you, my friend. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care how other people live their lives. I really don't. I did, like I said, I don't want to pay for it. Don't trans the kids. Yep. Let's be honest with the people who are undergoing these procedures, um, and stay out of my sports. Leave my, leave the bathrooms alone. Leave my girl sports alone, and uh, you're not gonna have a problem with me. I don't care. You live your life. You dress however you want. You do whatever you want to your body. Yep. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. I'm too busy caring about other stuff. Uh, then, um, ableist SL says more info on the Dalai Lama scandal. He kissed the boy and asked him to suck his tongue and considering his age. Yeah. We watched the video. This is occurring live on camera. Yeah. We watched it. It was, um, it was, uh, awful. I, I'm just, I feel so uncomfortable having watched that. And that poor, brave little boy. You know, how did he even begin to think that was appropriate behavior, Sheila? Uh, I I think that nobody ever tells him no. Like, I think this is like a <laughs> Joe Biden thing or a Justin Trudeau thing where you're just surrounded by yes men and that's it. Like that, that's it. It, so you just do whatever you want. It, I guess it's like how the, the sons of Saddam Hussein behaved too, right? Or Muammar Gaddafi, that it's just like everybody around you says yes. And if they say no, you kill them. So and then everybody, and then everybody says yes. You know, it reminds me of that classic Twilight Zone episode, Sheila, It's a Good Life. And it's post-nuclear holocaust. And there are survivors. And this young boy, I think he's eight or nine, he has mutated so that he has extraordinary powers of telekinesis. And Perfect. he, if they, all the adults that remain in this village have to acquiesce to all his wishes, no matter how horrible they are, they have to say it's great. They always have to say yes, because he will literally plant you in the cornfield. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I guess that's what we have uh, with the Dalai Lama. And you know what? That's what we have with the, with the radical uh, transgender fringe too, in a way. Yeah, Sheila. they'll plant your career in the cornfield. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know. So when a when a biological woman is held physically captive and is physically assaulted, the university spokesperson uh, comes out and says, um, "Bravo Mostly to a peaceful. a peaceful protest." Yeah, it's yeah. a good life. Yeah, very brave, stunning and brave, kidnapping women. Um, I think we're all done. We're all caught up and uh, we are 21 minutes into overtime. Well, that's great. Time flew. Thank you so much, Sheila. And thank you uh, to uh, super producers Efren and Olivia. And thank you to everyone that tuned in, especially you generous types that uh, made a cash donation. Really appreciate that. I believe tomorrow... It's going to be the big boss man, Ezra Levent and Tamara wow. Ugolini. I am uh, on assignment. And uh, so I hope you'll tune in for that starting at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And as always, folks, stay safe and stay sane. <laughs>